Rob, I just bought my daughter's bunk beds. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you have any idea how hard it is to make the bed oh god of the top bunk I with sheets i can't oh actually i do i had bunk beds as a child from my older brothers i um uh, yeah you could go up there though yeah yeah i yeah. could go up there yeah i wasn't mm -hmm. uh yeah i could i could leap i think i'm just gonna have to like throw out sheets and then just put a tarp down <laughs> with a sleeping bag on it <laughs> it's gonna make a lot of things easier quite frankly it's kind of like camping. Punk beds are basically camping anyways. It's just the sky is very low and hurts a lot. Don't get up too quickly. Let's hear a promo for a fun podcast, Rob. Sounds good. What it is, everyone. I'm Jacob Meza, the host of the podcast, So It Is Told. Each week, I read a new folk tale or fairy tale with a local comedian and or world traveler. Like your drunk grandma reading a bedtime story, their suspense. Oh my God, they are cannibals. Magic. <laughs> and all around madness. They're birthing hips. Available on any mainstream podcast directory. F -f -f Fresh. <laughs> it's time. Time for a thrilling story of romance, adventure, mystery, anything with an expired copyright. It's time for another Interrupted Tale. Hello, and welcome back to the show that usually ends. It's another episode of Interrupted Tales the podcast where my friend and I take turns reading stories to you, the listener, while the other person constantly interrupts. As always, still kicking around, my friend Rob. Howdy-do. All right. No, no, seriously, how how do you do, Alan? <laughs> how does D do? <laughs> how does she do it? Uh, D don't do that. To do run, run. Yeah, she did. <laughs> How are you tonight, Alan? How are you? I am around. <laughs> tonight we have a story from the August 1922 edition of Black Mask entitled A Weapon of the Law by George W. Brooker. Of which little is known. Okay. <laughs> I, I googled him. There's, There's nothing. Okay. Hey, why waste time on the dead? <laughs> Except for to read their fabulous stories, which yes. we will do <laughs> right now. As I lead into saying, grab a drink, curl up in your favorite chair, and lean back while we lean back. <laughs> do I say lean back? <laughs> Little Joe here? You can, sure. <laughs> lean back. <sighs> this week's tale. It was very still in the library, where Judge Lathrop sat reading. Still enough to hear a book about pins drop. I mean, that's quite quite loud, I would think. Well, it's I a mean, short book about pins. I mean, how long is it going to be? Uh, well, I guess it's not as loud as a book about the history of the Blue Angels 
that's being thrown across the room is being thrown from a jet at an air show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's how my uncle died. The lamp on the table at his elbow shed a soft circle of light into the center of the room, leaving the outer edges dim and shadowy. And the outer limits stale and just not as good as the Twilight Zone. Hey, it had its episodes that I I couldn't really tell you which ones, but... uh, He sure couldn't. The house was quiet. A small clock in the room had already struck one. The judge's wife and daughter had been in bed for some hours. At last, the judge put down the legal tome and sat thinking over what he had read. Hmm, I understand the reasons for not hopping on Pop, but I'm not sure the book set the appropriate precedent. Send it back to the lower courts. <laughs> Barnabas. No, it's not Barnabas Collins. What was that? Yeah. Bartholomew. Barnabas Collins from... Oh my God, not another tome. <laughs> Got 500 of these things. (laughs) No. He became so lost in meditation that the door at his left was quietly opened and closed without his hearing it. Then a low cough brought him out of his abstraction. He turned and gazed at the intruder. TV funny man Wayne Brady! Oh, yeah? Come on, Wayne. Give him a song. Come on. Uh, Do you have a matchbook in your purse? (laughs) He looks so angry on that show. (laughs) $200. No, he's not Billy Bush. (laughs) Take the box. That's all I know is take the box. The man you saw standing near the door in the semi-darkness was about his own age. That is to say, somewhat over 40 years. Oh, and this being 1922, that means the man looked about 87 years old. He was dressed in shabby clothes that seemed a trifle too large for him. A slouch hat was pulled down over his eyes. His right hand was thrust into the side pocket of his coat. He's got one hand in his pocket and the other giving a high five. It, it was an awkward moment for both men. It's awkward for me. I'm not familiar with the reference. And, um... Well, that's ironic. It's an Alanis Morissette song. It's a reference, yes. yes. Okay, all right. Do her body of work, sure. I nailed it, by the way. Nailed the song. Dave we- Poulier also. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. Oh. Her body Ooh. of work. No, wait, is that... Was he... Uh, did he date her? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, this the angry song is about. It's about him, and she was a um, <clears throat> teenage TV star. Oh, that's inappropriate. Oh, he was not a teenage TV star. Yeah. I mean, you don't even have to throw teenage into it. <laughs> even in that subdued light, the gleam of triumph in his eyes was only too apparent. Judge Lathrop stared at him, blankly, without moving a muscle. Oh, that's that's really good thinking, because everyone knows that a criminal's vision is based on motion. Yeah? Yeah, it's science, Alan. It's science. I'm going to put that in the category with anti-vaccinations and uh, all those people that try to tell you you should get flu shots. You should get them? Yeah. Those people. <laughs> Oof. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> well, Judge said the man with a short, hard laugh. 
Can you place me? Hmm, Skull and Bones? Uh, are you part of the local Rotary Club? Oh, that's right. You were at my secret society's latest Eyes Wide Shut orgy. Uh, yeah, I was one of the caterers. It was not a great gig. <laughs> Cleanup was the worst part. Oh. We've met before, then? Asked the judge calmly. Met before? That's good. The man chuckled evilly. You bet your life we met before. Was it on you bet your life? Because I was on once, and you don't look much like Groucho Marx. Harpo got, got all the good genes. Then I beg your pardon. You see, you're standing in the shadow. If you'd be good enough to turn that switch. No, 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 no. Not the light switch. The one next to it marked do not press 50,000 volts. Okay, the one below the lightning symbol and the picture of the guy with his hair sticking out? Yes, yes, yes. That's just they, the government makes them put that on there. Just just go ahead and give the... Uh... Not this one that says light on. Nope, 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 nope. That's, that's, see, that's where they get you. This is the security element. You think that's the light, but it's actually the... The other one if you do that one daggers shoot out of the walls you're the judge mm -hmm. the man eyed him distrustfully none of your tricks now the switch is directly behind you you can find it without turning the judge went on in an even voice without removing his eyes from judge lathrop the man groped for the switch found it and flooded the room with light he was genuinely surprised at how many empty cans of Schlitz were surrounding the judge's chair. And impressed. <laughs> impressed? Yeah. Well, what number of cans wouldn't impress you? Like, what's, what's uh, so a case? I mean, I feel like there's a kind of a bell curve where you go from unimpressed to pretty impressed and then very quickly back down to not impressed. <laughs> Yes, the Schlitz Curve. Very well known. The Schlitz Curve, sure. Named after Joseph P. Schlitz, the inventor of modern statistics. And cheap beer. Cheap. Then he pushed his hat back and planted himself brazenly before the judge, a sneering smile on his lips. Maybe you remember me now. Eh? Eh? Remember? Spring Break 1916? Mm, which trench do you think was the most popular for Spring Break in that, in that year, Rob? It was somewhere in France, I believe, okay. but it was near the coast. So, okay. you know, they could <laughs> yeah, still sure. celebrate. Okay, all right. The judge looked him over carefully and coolly, and as he turned away from his eyes, a look of contempt spread over his face. <laughs> Jack Dodd, I believe you call yourself. A cheap crook. A low-down thief. Scum of the earth. A flippity gibbet. A will-o'-the-wisp. A clown. I'm sorry, did uh, we suddenly find our way through a magic closet into the movie Leprechaun 2? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think what you're missing is I'm doing a flawless, flawless... Uh, Austrian accent from the sound oh, of music. Oh, Austrian. Flawless. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Sudden anger flared up in the man's eyes. 
You be damn careful what you say, he said between clenched teeth. I have a very fragile ego and poor self-image. You wouldn't want me crying all over your nice little library here, would you? No, it's, uh, it's way too loud for me. Thank you. <laughs> Five years ago, I sentenced you to ten years imprisonment, continued the judge, as if he had not heard. Yes, hissed the man, and I swore then if I ever got the chance I'd get you, and get you good. Get you good and liquored up. Put your jacket on. We're going to the twisted kilt. I suppose you escaped from jail. You suppose right. And I got these duds. Well, never mind where I got them. Hell, we're wasting time. I came here to get even with you, you dog. Say what you want. He doesn't want to waste the judge's time before killing him. That's thoughtful. Yes, I think there was some thought involved in that, yes. <laughs> Common courtesy. The judge folded his hands and smiled. I hope you brought a revolver, he spoke anxiously. Ah, oh, damn it. That would have been a great idea. All I got is this sharply worded letter I was going to hand you. My, my handwriting isn't great, but I, I think you'll see the phrase rat bastard pretty clearly. Yes, it seems badly misspelled and... There are many characters here not in the normal alphabet. Well, you know, uh, they don't have a good learning at the uh, jail. The man stared at him a moment and then brought an automatic out of his coat pocket. I got a gun, all right. And I got this gun. Well, never mind where I got it. I come to get even with you, you dog. Wait, <laughs> did I say that already? Oh, man, is my face red. Wait until Larry, my cellmate, hears about this one. Hey, you know what? I'm wasting time again. I keep bringing this up, but I, I just want you to know I'm aware of the time I'm wasting, okay? Okay? Um, this is a choice, all right? Now, let me tell you uh, the elaborate backstory of both my clothes and my gun. <laughs> no, no, sorry. That's a, that's a waste of time. That's a waste of time. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm spending a lot of time telling you how I'm wasting time again. Wow. <laughs> wow. This is not going the way I rehearsed. And I hope you're going to kill me, said the judge in a lifeless tone. This time, the man's jaw dropped a little. It was plain he was puzzled. Then he brought his jaws together grimly. That's why I'm here, he said roughly. Well... That and to borrow a copy of that new book, Ulysses. This is that kind of library, right? No, no, we don't allow James Joyce in here. What? No, no, that's uh, it won't the only stories about pins and the Blue Angels. That's uh, Ulysses. I don't understand it. I'm gonna be honest. Oh, it's saucy. Really? Well, for 1922, our year. What saucy stream of consciousness. Oh, there's a sentence that goes on for seven or eight pages. Oh my goodness. What's with the rotary what's with the rotary say? The judge looked at the man with a smile of thankfulness on his face. Jack Dodd, fate has sent you here at the right moment. Jack Dodd, this is your life. Oh, wait, I didn't have anything prepared. Um Do you have any brothers or sisters? Uh, have I told you the story about my clothes yet? Say, what are you driving at? demanded Jack Dodd uneasily. The judge leaned back in his chair with his chin on his breast. And a song in his heart. There's a bright golden haze on the pistol. 
I have a nasty, cowardly job on my hands, Mr. Jack Dodd. Now you can do it for me. Dirty worker, sneered Dodd. I, uh, hopes you don't want it done dirt cheap or nothing, mister. I'll email my rate sheet to you. This month is two for one kneecappings. Uh... I don't know. Are you getting your ACDC and your Steely Dan? I did. <laughs> no, I, did I went with Dirty Deeds instead of uh, Dirty Work. When I'm through with you, you won't have to worry about that. You promised me that, said the judge, looking at him earnestly. Cut out the mystery, snapped Dodd impatiently. What's in your bonnet? Well, you know, that was the original slogan for Capital One in uh, 1922. <laughs> All the country was saying it. What's in your bonnet? Ah, heard that on the, heard that on the orphan Annie last night. Oh. Again, the judge dropped his eyes to the rug. There was a pause before he spoke. Hair. My bonnet is full of luscious golden hair. Okay. When you entered this room, he said slowly, I was on the point of taking my own life. What? Alan, if we had a nickel for every time this popped up in one of our stories, well, we'd have 10 cents. But um, back in 1922, that was like $300 or something. All right, let's go to Vegas and buy up a vacant plot of land that will eventually <laughs> be worth a lot of money. <laughs> what? Said Don in an astonished whisper. What? What? <laughs> the judge nodded. Suicide is always a low thing. Cowards trick Dodd. But now I'm safe that you can kill me, Dodd. Kill me, Dodd. Do that bit you did on The Tonight Show about stoned pizza delivery guys. Oh, man, you slaughtered me with that. Dodd stared back at him, a little taken aback. You mean you want me to kill you? If you will, Dodd, answered the judge pleadingly. The other made an impatient movement. Jazz hands. <laughs> well, I don't... <laughs> I guess so. Can't stop the music. <laughs> That's bunk. Why do you want to pass out? You got everything to live for. Yeah, you got books and lamps and a desk, and uh, I gotta be honest, I'm out of things unless I can look through the rest of the house. Oh, please, my wife's the drawers are right over there. Who are drawers? That's his bureau. Oh. It's a library. What were you thinking? <laughs> I don't know where you dry your unmentionables. All right, all right. Keep it cool, man. Dad, my son was arrested tonight for embezzlement. Tomorrow the papers will be full of it. My name has never been tarnished before. The disgrace of it will be more than I can bear. I prefer to die rather than face it. Dodd gave a laugh. As if some kind of jest had just been made. Some kind of devil's jest. I'm just saying check out episode 18, people. It just maybe not right after this one. I don't get the reference. So the honorable judge has a crook in his family. No wonder you ain't got the nerve to face it. The upright judge Lathrop, all for law and order. No mercy to criminals. 
Cripes, that's the best revenge I've heard yet. Don't, don't, moaned the judge as he hid his face in his hands. Oh, please stop, you're embarrassing me. Go on, suffer. Go on, chuckled Dodd, I'm eating it up. The judge suddenly sat up and extended his arm sideways. Shoot me, Dodd, he begged. Put an end to it. Dodd, for God's sake. Kick this butt, Dodd. Do you see this butt? I want you to kick it. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you to kick it. <laughs> Shoot you, laughed Dodd. I guess not. I got half a mind to stick here and make you face the music. I'd go back and do my bit with a smile on my mug if I could see you dragged in the slime. Okay, so the judge has two options, suicide or appearing on Double Dare. Uh, he could wait a few years and go on Guts, actually. Nobody wants to go on Guts, Alan. No, you're right. You're right. That, that's a bad choice. Better go with suicide. <laughs> the judge's manner suddenly changed. He flashed a dark look at Dodd. You're afraid to shoot, he said in sullen anger. You haven't got the nerve, you yellow pup. And not when you have the safety on. Whoops, did I just say that out loud? The prison pallor of Dodd's face went wider still. He pressed his lips together but said nothing. You low-livered, degenerate skunk, the judge flung at him. I wish I had given you twenty years. Well, you did steal that loaf of bread, so that would have been fitting. Hey, mandatory minimum, sir. <laughs> It's, it's a, it's a three-strike state, you know? What are you going to do? Right. You get, you start with a breadstick. You work your way up to half a loaf. When you go for the baguette, that's when they put you away. <sighs> it's a story I've heard many, many times. Too many non-violent bread-based crimes. <laughs> Dodd's hand tightened on the automatic. His mouth began to twitch. Look out, you. He ripped out a stinging oath. That's it, Dodd, cried the judge. Shoot! Shoot! Shoot that poison arrow through my heart! Shoot that poison arrow! Shoot that poison arrow! No, 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 you're oh, supposed I, to be the piano. I, I'm not a good piano. You didn't want to go with the shoop shoop song there, right? No, nope, switched <laughs> it up. Okay. So that's it, snarled Don. Trying to egg me on to shoot, eh? It won't work, mister. I wouldn't shoot you now if you called me a dude. That's right. My real name is Jeff Lebowski. Jeff Lebowski abides. <laughs> is that final, Dodd? You won't do as I ask. Surest thing you know. You're going to live and get your dose of misery. Then I'll do it myself. Uh, can I uh, borrow that gun for a quick sec? Uh, you can have it right back, but you may need to clean it. The judge turned to the table at his elbow and pulled open the drawer. There, in front of the drawer, lay a blue steel revolver. The other drawers contained a Latigre forty-five automatic, a Ferrari snub-nosed pistol, and a Magnum... Magnum. You seem very familiar with firearms. <laughs> And uh, the faces of uh, Derek Zoolander. Or how about the movie with Jamie Lee Curtis? <laughs> Blue Steel. 
Dodd, who was watching him narrowly, sprang forward with a cry as he caught sight of it. That cry? Yeah! <laughs> oh, tickling, tickling <laughs> kind of cry. Before Judge Lethrop could get his hands on the gun in the drawer, Dodd had clapped his own hand that held the automatic over it. And that, kids, is the story of how I met your father. Oh, what? Uh, I thought you were uh, my uncle, or... Oh, well, I don't know, she die? Uh, I've been telling this story for uh, seven years, and uh, switcheroo, right at the end. Didn't see that coming, huh, kids? Isn't Bob Saget younger than you? Why would, why would Bob Saget be the voice of you when you're older? I, it's, 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 it's TV. It's good. I tell you, you gotta live, he cried, frowning down at the judge. The judge returned his gaze, and for a second they measured each other with their eyes. And their oddly sweaty hands. I think you're about 12 eyes and 14 hands. That's about right. 14 hands if you're wearing platforms. <laughs> Which I am. Then, with his eyes still fastened on Dodd, the judge suddenly gave a mighty push and jammed the table drawer shut. There was a howl of pain from Dodd, and the drawer was deep enough so one could hear the automatic fall on the wood bottom. Wood bottom, wood bottom, talk about dovetail drawers, my desk got em. I did Toby Keith join Spinal Tap at some point? <laughs> yes, didn't hear? He's the new drummer. I love this one goes to 11. <laughs> the judge eased the drawer trifle, at the same time shoving at Dodd with his foot. Aikiba! Dodd staggered across the room where he stood wringing his hands in an agony of pain. The judge quickly opened the drawer, picked up the automatic and covered Dodd with it. Jack Dodd, said the judge, the crime for which I sentenced you is one of the filthiest, vilest deeds on the criminal calendar. You know, Alan, um, for the sake of our listeners, I, I took a look at the upcoming criminal calendar. Okay, why don't you share it with us, Rob? Hold on, yeah. let me see if I've got a, a little incidental music for the criminal calendar. Right. <laughs> so... It's happening around the holidays, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, so uh, this Wednesday, we've got a bank robbery. All right, that's that's good. Uh, Thursday, we've got kidnapping. Friday, a little bit of extortion. And then uh, Saturday is a high tea with Aunt Mabel. Oh, okay. And then a car bomb. Oh. But we got to... <laughs> Happy holidays. Okay, hold on. Hold that keeps, on. <laughs> keeps going. It will give me great pleasure to return you to your keepers. You. You. Dodd sputtered. A trick. A damnable trick. Yes, a trick, Dodd. There were other weapons besides firearms. Mostly drawers. I guess there are knives, too, but really mostly drawers. Dodd's lips curled back from his teeth. With venom. I hope that son of yours ends in the electric chair. And then followed a string of vile oaths. A purity pledge and the oath to become Attorney General of Louisiana. Mm -hmm. My dear Dodd, said the judge as he took up the receiver to telephone the police. 
I have no son. He hasn't spoken to me since the drawer incident three years ago. Dad, I am not your father. <laughs> the end. that story seems a little familiar maybe you think i'm not sure Uh, i don't know alan it's uh you know how many stories have guys who uh, luckily get somebody breaking into their house when they want to die um what are the odds what are the odds i'm not calling it plagiarism but um they both had a very similar tonality of boring the hell out of me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a difficult tonality to reach. They're master craftsmen, obviously, <laughs> these these authors, Rob. What would you say the moral of the story is, Rob? Well, I think the moral is clear. It's a it's a chilling indictment of our prison system um, because this guy's there for five years and he clearly learned no skills that could be used in the outside world. He didn't case the joint well to know well enough to know this guy doesn't have a son. Uh, you know, I don't know if he was looking for dogs or guards. I'm just saying that he didn't take advantage of the learning uh, system in our prisons. And, and it's it's just sad. I think the moral of the story is a weapon of the law should be a book, not a drawer. That's dumb. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, you know what? I'm ready for another week to start. Another exciting calendar event of a brand new week for us to enjoy and for you the listener maybe come back and experience another interrupted oh yeah speaking of the calendar i forgot to mention them um, this monday on the criminal calendar is the uh, potluck so everyone remember to bring a gun and a side dish for the group and no coleslaw rocco the chin is lactose intolerant you don't want a repeat of what happened last year Hey.